If you haven't heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. But let me explain. It is free, people. They have creative tools that will allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, which will make your life a lot easier. And this way it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, and many other apps that play podcasts. You can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Just go to the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm online to get started and you can thank me later. Recorded live. Hello and welcome to our, uh, I'm sorry, the Strange Talk with your host, Doc. Uh, usually I have a guest host. Uh, sometimes I'm joined in by Ned Boss. Sometimes I'm joined in by Bones and Julie. But today I'm going to rock this baby alone. I'm going to make it interesting as I can. Just stick with me. Give me a minute. If I bore you, tune out. If not, stick with Doc. You could catch old episodes of Strange Talk with Doc and an old podcast I used to do called Our World with Ned Boy and Doc. We have multiple episodes listed on YouTube, uh, SoundCloud, TalkShoe, and Vimo. So let's get to it. This is Super Bowl weekend. I love the Super Bowl. I'm a big huge football fan like most people. But I am not a big fan of sticking around for six to seven hours of a pregame show. So I have a couple of things that I, I might be able to uh, interested you in instead of sticking through those. 30 for 30, two bills aired last night. It was one of the better, one of the very best threes for 30. It's very informative. We don't know a lot about Bill Parcells. We don't know a lot about Bill Belichick. If you're a football fan, you know this to be true. You find some strange things out about their relationship, the relationship between them, the Jets, and the Patriots. So it's a beautiful thing. I would say definitely watch that show, 30 for 30. Uh, I also want to talk about man code. I'm not telling you what you should do per se, but this is how it works for me. I have a very strict man code, and it's quite simple. I think it's easy to understand and easy to follow. You always say what you mean. You always mean what you say, no matter what. If you make any kind of promises to anybody, you must stick to your word. Your word has to be your bond. And you only treat people with what they deserve. You never give somebody else's grief that you are holding for someone to someone else. I see that happens to me a lot. People, for some reason, uh, will give me shit that don't belong to me. I mean, it has nothing to do with me. I've always treated them in a certain manner, yet they feel that it's appropriate that they, in their minds, think that it's, they can treat me in a manner that's off-key. Stuff that I've never faded them on, they act like I have. But that's not on me, because I'm not one of those people who believe that you ever act somebody what they think about you. 
I also believe that how you treat me will let me know how you feel about me. You don't have to tell me you love me. Your actions will show if you love me or not. As far as I'm concerned, hate is a stronger emotion than actually love. Because hate is as honest as it gets. It's almost, you have to be a great actor to pretend to hate somebody. But you don't have to be that good an actor to pretend to love somebody. Okay? Well, we have some interesting things happen in basketball this week. Uh, Blake Griffin gets traded to the Pistons. He played his first game last night with the Pistons, and he actually had a good game. I think he scored 24 points. Pistons won. I see good things for Drummond and Griffin, especially in the East. They should be a playoff team. Uh, you know, it was never really working out great for Blake and L.A. to begin with, especially with Paul gone. They never went anywhere with Paul there. So, you know, it's a fresh start for Blake Griffin. I don't dislike Blake at all. I think he's a fantastic player. I don't think he's uh, the elite, but I think that he is a bona fide NBA uh, star, you know, all-star almost Every single year. So, uh, Blake is Blake. And he should be quite fine in the East. The East isn't very dominant, especially since Washington took a blow this week. John Wall is going to need knee surgery. And he's going to be out six to eight weeks, which messes things up for Washington. But maybe Bradley Bill could hold that team together in the interim. Uh, Otto Porter. So, I think that Washington will be fine because – we all know that the East isn't as strong as the West to begin with. So if you have a decent team in the East, and which it should be the Raptors, Cavaliers, Boston, and uh, who else would you put in that mix? Cavaliers, Boston, Raptors, and that's basically the elite of the East. Everybody else is also ran. I always pick those teams because Milwaukee is not is not for real just yet. I, I I think even with Giannis and all that hype that goes around that, they're a year or two away, maybe two or three players away from really being in the mix of what you would call a conference championship caliber team. They're not there yet. Now, Boogie Cousins, who I really feel bad for. Boogie was having a great season with the Pelicans, him and the Brow were big, two big guys working together like that. It was a beautiful thing. I think his numbers were great. He was an all-star. He gets injured. His season is done. So, you know, my heart goes out to Boogie. He wasn't even getting in a lot of trouble. He wasn't getting a lot of ejections this year. He wasn't, I mean, it seemed like he had turned the corner. And sometimes bad things happen. You know, you never know why, but they just happen. It's real life. So I wish Boogie the best of luck, especially with the kind of injury that he had. Achilles, he's like almost seven foot tall. This is a, uh, an injury they say that people usually only get very late in life after a lot of wear and tear. But then again, when you're a freakish-sized human being, and I'm going to, you know, not even being funny, I think once you're over six foot nine, you're a freakish-sized human being. So, you know... I, I, like I said, I just wish Boogie the very best. I enjoy his basketball game. 
Now, Saturday, we got the Rockets playing the Cavs. I don't see the Cavs beating the Rockets. Matter of fact, the Rockets beat my Spurs last night. Always heartbreaking when my Spurs lose. But I had it already in my mind that this was not a game that the Spurs were going to win. And I don't expect the Cavs to beat the Rockets Saturday. Now, Sunday, as an option, before you get to the Super Bowl, you also have the Trailblazers playing the Boston Celtics. So you get a chance to see... McCullum coming off a 50-point game. Damon Lillard. You get to see Kyrie Irving. So instead of sitting there boring yourself to death with the same talk about Brady, Brady, Gronk, Gronk, Grady, Bilicek, you can at least watch some up-and-coming young NBA players. Even if you wanted to go crazy before the game, you can watch the Lakers play OKC. At least you get a chance to see Russell, George, and Carmelo Anthony. So there are options. And then we also this weekend have a UFC card. Machada is fighting Anders. I really wish Machada would have already retired, but he's fighting. I don't really know much about this Eric Anders, but I have no faith anymore in uh, Machada. I really don't. I, I, I hope that he doesn't take a devastating loss, a bad knockout. And maybe he could turn back the hands of time this weekend and actually put on a great showing. I don't know. We shall see. And one of my favorite fighters to watch, John Dobson, will be fighting Pedro Munoz. John Dobson is just a ball of energy. He he looks like that four-year-old kid that you would have in a home who's bouncing off the walls, but now he's a 30-year-old man who still looks like that four-year-old kid who's bouncing off the walls but can kick ass. So it should be a very, very interesting showing. Now, I'm not looking forward to the Super Bowl's halftime show. I like Justin Timberlake, but I like Justin Timberlake bring sexy back Justin Timberlake. I don't like Disney Justin Timberlake. Uh, and I got a feeling that he's going to break out that last album, which was very childish. I guess it was childish because it was for a cartoon. So I don't know. Maybe he'll surprise us, surprise us, reunite with the old boys, and, you know, he'll bring sexy back again in 2018. Don't know. I'm not a huge person who really cares about halftime, it's the first time that you really get to breathe during the game because you're even tied into the Super Bowl commercials. And I'm hoping that there's some decent commercials this year. I got a feeling that a lot of the commercials this year are going to be politically based. There's going to be a tinge at least of some political based commercials this I mean, I have no inside knowledge, naturally. I'm just a Joe Blow, but I just got that feeling. 2018 with Trump in office, it seems like almost everything has a political base. Now, I'm, I'm going to give thumbs up to the Cleveland Indians for finally saying that they're getting rid of Chief Wahoo. Now, they're making a hell of a money grab by 2018 allowing Yahoo to still be purchased. I don't give a fuck what nobody says. Chief Wahoo is a racial stereotype 
of a screaming Indian and or grinning Indian. It should have never, ever been allowed to be used as a mascot in America. But we, we're talking about this thing originating in 1948. So 1948 America is not 2018 America in any way, shape, or form. I mean, some people would like 2018 to resemble 1948. That's a part of the making America great again, quote, unquote. Not for everybody, but just for some. Now, I would like for the Washington Redskins to join suit and stop being the Washington Redskins. I'm not buying into these reports of 90% of Native Americans have been polled. I don't think 90% of anybody's ever been polled for anything in the history of the world. There's no 90%. 90% of the people don't vote in general elections. So to say that 90% of Native Americans have no issue with the word redskin, I find that offensive to thinking people. I find that very offensive for for anybody to think that they could pull a wool over another person's eyes and say 90% of, you can't get 9 out of 10 people to almost agree on anything. Other than the fact of the time of day and if the sun is shining or the moon is up, that's it. Other than that, People are going to disagree on religion. They're going to disagree on politics. They're going to disagree on who's the greatest athlete, who's the best singer. So being offended by something, you can't find nine out of ten people going to agree one way or the other if something's offensive. I find it offensive. I find all of these terms offensive because, no, okay, the fighting Irish, the fighting Irish in name is not what I call offensive. Maybe the leprechaun is. You would have to speak to the Irish. Maybe they don't want that leprechaun. And then if that's the case, then they need to deal with the Boston Celtics. Because it's, but it's not as blatant. It is not out in your face and as blatant as redskins. Now, we have this young lady. Not that young. I mean, but she's acting like a child. Wendy Williams, she's sick and tired of the Me Too movement. I'm sick and tired of women coming out against other women who have been abused. Crabs in a barrel are always the biggest threat to the other crab in the barrel. It does not make sense. If you you were fortunate enough to be a woman in this society, and you are not a me tooer, the best thing that you could do is shut the hell up, say that you support your sisters if asked. If not, don't say anything. There is no reason to ever make a victim victimized again by making them feel bad because you don't know. Your one word on that national television audience might influence some young girl who's having this issue happen to her at school or the Girl Scouts or at church or by her uncle or father or brother. So she won't speak because she thinks that she's also going to be vilified. And it's irresponsible for people like Wendy Williams. If this is definitely one of those situations, if you don't really have anything to add, you stay as far away from it as humanly possible. Now, U.S. Senate 
thankfully defeated the bill banning late-term abortion. Now, I don't know all the particulars, and I really didn't want to talk so much about late-term abortion, but abortion itself. Abortion, to me, is a twofold thing. I'm 100% for a woman's right to choose. But I always, as a man, felt that there had to, there needs to be, and I guess in my lifetime it will never happen, men need to have some form of protection against pregnancies. But from the second that a man ejaculates, his right to choose basically goes out the window. If she decides that she's having a baby, that one second, and this could have been your first time and only time ever being in bed with a woman. Now, you made the big mistake by not protecting yourself, which is foolish. We know that. Not only foolish because pregnancies can happen, you're trusting her to also be the one responsible for birth control, but there's disease. Now, you could do something that one day, 10, 20, I think every man thinks they're Superman and they go on an hour. You could lie to your fucking self if you want. That's fine. And this one hour of pleasure, now that you have a responsibility that can go to 40, 50, 60 years, if you live long enough to, to be in that child's life and your grandchildren, so this can go on for the rest of your life. And it's one, it could be an indestruction or it could be you love each other. But suppose you don't, as a man, you don't want to have children. Now, I know this is not a, a, a topic that most people even think of, but suppose a man never wanted to have children, and a woman now has complete authority because it is her body, and now you are stuck in one way or shape or form or another in this woman's life for the rest of her life, the rest of your life, the rest of their lineage. You'll either be a hero because you were a good man or you'll be a villain through time because you walked away from the situation. But I always thought that men, I don't know how, I don't know if there'll ever be a man ballsy enough. Everybody else has a group that protects them. There's no group on the planet who actually protects men who don't want to be fathers. And like I said, I know that's something that you might not have thought about before. Maybe you have. And you might say, Doc, are you fucking insane? You know what? Then he should have did what he was supposed to do. People make mistakes. But should you have to pay for a mistake that you made for the rest of your entire life? Prisoners, God's murder. They go to jail. They serve their time. They come home. It's over. Okay, it's on their record, but they're no longer serving time. Suppose you don't, like I said, you just don't want to have children. What do you do? Where do you go? There's no advocate for you. There's nobody to speak up. That man just becomes a villain. He becomes a deadbeat. He gets labeled by society. So, you know, I really don't know what to say about that other than I wish that in future times there was something. I mean, you could sign some paperwork and say, uh, indemnify me, uh, uh, leave me blameless. Uh, I don't want to, you know, like a man, I don't even know. Maybe somebody who will hear my voice could correct me. Does the man have the right to advocate his parental responsibilities? And I don't believe he does because 
I believe then legally a woman could always take you to court for support if she decides to go on, even you, even though you have claimed without a reasonable doubt that you want nothing to do with the child, you want nothing to do with the mother, and you're even willing to sign papers in the court of law to put this on public record that you want nothing to do. But, you know, that's, that's life. That's real life. Well, Trumpino had his first State of the Union address, or as he called it, a joint Congress. Uh, Trump, I'm not going to even go deep into this. Either you seen it or you didn't. Trump lied as usual about a lot of things. One thing I did take from it that I'm hoping is not a lie. He mentioned the fact that there are treatments for illnesses in New York City, I mean, in America, that we should have rights to. And for some reason, we don't have these rights to these treatments. And I'm 100% behind stem cell research, 100% behind stem cell research. It is something that America has been lacking on, that Americans have to go to foreign countries to get stem cell research. You hear about athletes doing this all the time. You know, your shoulders hurt. We can't get the treatments here, so you got to go to France. And it makes no sense that America is not behind stem cell research. It looks like somebody called in. Who is this? Net boy. Hey, Net, what's going on, brother? Everything's good. Just came to join the conversation. Fantastic. Well, right now, uh, I was just talking about the stem cell research. I was. Uh, you have any views on uh, Trump's state of the address? State no, of the I didn't. I, didn't uh, I couldn't deal with the uh, two hours of Trump, so. I just caught the highlights, and I wasn't interested, really. Yeah, well, I can dig that. Now, uh, one thing about Trump that I did, it, Trump is a cartoon character. He's still doing hand gestures like a gangster from 1980s South Ozone Park and Bensonhurst. The man in a year has not learned any presidential decorum whatsoever. None. No, he can't. Zero. It's it's weird to me because remember when Obama was president, he was like, oh, Obama's the teleprompter president? Now all of a sudden he's using using the teleprompter and still doing hand gestures as if he's doing sign language. And he's doing stupid little, uh, like little finger okays. He's he's a ridiculous man. And then he said he had the nerve to say it was the most the highest-rated State of the Union of all time. Well, right before you came on, I did mention that Trump did a uh, – he told a bunch of lies as usual. Yeah. It's to the point where it's just – now, as you listen to him talk, he's forcing you to now fact-check him. Yeah. You can't go on anything he says. He talks about the drugs again which we seen a couple of months ago, he let die on the table. The same he talked about the, uh, he equated illegal immigrants to the MS-13, which is going on in Long Island. And those kids are American citizens that's been killing the people out in Long Island. He uh, actually hopped on MS-13 for 
quite a few minutes during the speech as though that they were Al-Qaeda. Yeah. You know, now I will say, I will give thumbs up to Sean Spicer for actually walking outside and seeing the light this week. No, finally. That he, yeah, he, he, he realized on Monday and he regrets that his employment by the White House has brought nothing but embarrassment to him and to his family. And it it takes a little bit of balls for him to finally admit that he was a total ass clown. Yeah, he was a, a, a stooge, a guinea pig, basically. But now, how you don't realize that at the time? You know what? I think I, I watched this show, uh, Hate Thy Neighbor. Yeah. You ever watched that show? No. Well, Hate Thy Neighbor's on this TV station called Viceland. Okay, yeah, Viceland has some good shows. Well, Hate Thy Neighbor, I'm going to give, if I had 10 thumbs up, I'm going to give it. Hate Thy Neighbor is this guy from England, uh, Jamali. Now, I don't know if Jamali is a Muslim. Well, I think he might be from Muslim descent, but he's a Buddhist himself. And what he does is he 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 hooks up with hateful groups like the alt right, uh, uh, religious leaders, neo Nazis, and he'll sit down and he'll and he he's like he does a stand up comedy bit in between clips of him being with these people at their marches, protests. Yeah. And what happens is these people are almost cult-like, what they think and what they feel does not exist anymore, Net. It doesn't. They are, they're robots. They're literally, like, plugged into this machine. And Sean Spicer was plugged into the machine. This, this fucking uh, Huckabee Sanders is soulless. You yep. can now look at her eyes and see. See, Sean Spicer, you could always see pain. Huckabee Sanders, you can't see anything. She's like a yeah. fish. And she's an evangel evangelical. No. You know what? That's in word alone. Her deeds show that she's demonic. <laughs> Just, I, I, I dare anybody. You don't have to believe me. Go to your Google. Go to your Yahoo or whatever you use and look at pictures and look in her eyes. Spicer, you could always look at a picture of Spicer as the press secretary. He looked pained. He looked like, what did I do? What the hell did I do to myself? You yeah. know, her is like, oh, man, blank. Blank, blank. Yeah, I agree. Now, it's weird that I'm like, her dad is. Uh, Huckleberry, and he's been saying some crazy things too as of late. So I guess it runs in the family. Yeah, and then then we got Trump yesterday. He's going crazy about Orrin Hatch. Yeah. And Orrin Hatch denied this conversation ever happened. Uh, how he said that Trump deserves to already be on Mount Rushmore, that he's a greater president than Lincoln in Washington. Oh my God. And. And you know what? Here's another thing. I don't like this one. And this this is this is gonna kinda be uh 
you know, I, I'm stealing a little bit from a comedian. I don't know if it was Chappelle or Cat Williams. But with just Trump claiming that more black people are working in America now than any time in history, is a lie. You know, there was a time when I think 97% of black people worked in America. It was called slavery. Yep. It's just nobody wants to mention how those two correlate. It's just that it was free labor, but they were working. Mm-hmm. And they were working sun up to sun down. There wasn't too many unemployed black people. And he's taking too much credit for black people being working. Which is crazy because they've shown that it's, first of all, what policy did he put in place to get black people to work? It's been a downwards trend for years now. Zero. It's funny because when Obama was president, he Trump would say that the job labor reports were fake. Now, all of a sudden, the job labor reports, they're not fake. Yeah, he's a, he's an amazing, Trump is an amazing stomachache. He's an amazing headache. He's an amazing pain in the ass. And he's an embarrassment to this country. He is truly, and, and not, you know what, now that I think about it, not enough people speak up. You know what? We get these little pockets, little pockets here and there. And right now, celebrity world is caught up in Me Too. Yep. So they're so caught in Me Too. And I'm not saying that that is not a humongous cause because it affects us all. Because everybody's got a daughter or a mother, a sister, a cousin, an auntie. And they've all, if you was to ask them, and they were being honest, nine out of ten of the women in your family, man, somebody harassed or touched or did something to them at some point in their life, which is a damn shame. The one that falls through the cracks, you don't even know how they fell through the cracks. But because everybody is so me too, that like even the Grammys couldn't have, they didn't have time to me too and Trump. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. kind of hard. Yeah, it's hard to do both at the same time. And you exactly. can't lump them two together. No, no, because now you make people's heads explode. Yeah. And they're not the same, they're not the same battle. Now, I watched the most amazing video. Might might have been one of the most viral videos of the week. Tech Sergeant Geraldine Lovely. Did you see that? Yeah. What the hell was this young lady thinking or not thinking? What in the hell was she thinking? And you know what? That is so many of them. I love how black people always, we them, y'all, like we're not a part of the human family. She should get a discharge. Well, you know what? They took her... Uh, they relieved her of her command. But could you imagine the pure hell that she was putting the young ladies who worked under her on a daily basis through? Yep. Well, my thing is, all right, say like you get deployed. I don't care about your command. You still have to work with minorities. So 
to me, you can't be racist and be in the military. It's, it's, you know what? It's a, it's a type. It's a tough thing. But there's all kinds of racism in the military. I will, oh, yeah, I will say that. I, when I served, I served with a lot of Filipino guys in the Navy. So I don't know what it is about Philippines going into the Navy. Maybe because there's such a big Subaid Bay, there's a yeah. big naval base there. So you grow up seeing all these sailors. But their racism was to never blend. You oh, get okay. it? Yeah. Just ignore you like you didn't fucking exist. If it wasn't work, there was no socializing. There was no... We, we, we're going out and hey, you want to come? It's like you speaking to open dead air. Okay, you're not even, you, don't, you don't even exist. But it is a hard place, especially since America's been in conflict for what? Let me see. 2001, America's been in conflict on and off for 16 years? Yep. So these are people being deployed to hellified situations. Not like my days. You know, you go into Greece. We ain't fighting nobody in Greece. Yep. <laughs> I mean, you. When I'm in, I'm getting deployed. I'm getting deployed to Afghanistan. I need to know that everybody that's deployed with me is seeing uniform. Yep. They seeing that 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 flag on my arm and not my color, of my skin. Yep. This woman, you you're right. Maybe it's time for them to rethink this totally and discharge it. But first, the military likes to break you down. They like to take the stripes away from you. This is where they take your money away from you, and they make you walk away. But I, you know what? I do these, I do these podcasts, and I realize that what I say I have to own because my voice and my name's attached to it. There's no going back a day later and saying sorry because what somebody hears me say is what they heard me say. Yep. And it was one of the first things I talked about when I opened this up. That's got to be a part of man code. Like I said, say what you mean and always mean what you say. If not, there's a thing called silence. Yeah, that's what uh, D.L. Hughley said. He said, as a comedian, if I say something on that stage, I own it. I'm not coming back the next day and apologize. No, you know what? You're sorry. There's there's like three people on the planet I would accept sorry from, and they're all real little kids, yeah. and they don't even understand the full concept of sorry. It's just what they're told to say when they do something. Yeah. I accept sorry from you, Net, when you step on my toe. You didn't mean to do that. Yeah. But if you told me go fuck myself, you can't come back five minutes later and tell me sorry. You meant go fuck yourself, and I would be questioning why aren't you? Why are you not still telling me go fuck myself? I survived that. Yeah, some people are like, oh, I didn't mean that. I just said it out of anger. No, you know what? Anger. I was talking about this earlier. Anger's real. It's to me, anger is as real as any emotion there is on the planet. Anger is real because it's kind of hard to fake anger unless you're an actor. And most of us don't have the skills of Viola Davis and Meryl Streep. So when you're angry at somebody, that shit's real. Yeah. That's why they tell you not to engage when you're angry. 
So well, you, you might know, say some shit you can't take back. But you want to know something? Then maybe you needed to say it to make yourself, you know, to relieve it. I'm not big on sorry. I When somebody says sorry to me, that shit goes to one ear and out my other. Because to me, that means you, one, either you wasn't thinking and you should be ashamed of yourself for not thinking at all times. That's your responsibility to yourself. Yeah. You you don't owe me that. Everybody owes that shit to themselves to be thinking at all times. You don't nap while you're up. That's what napping is for. Go to sleep. <laughs> you know, don't 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 fucking sleep and and be waking, walking around. Okay, this weekend, man, we got the Hall of Fame. I, I want to see my man Terrell Owens go in the fucking Hall of Fame. Yeah, if he don't get it this, this time, man, it's something against him. Yeah, but this is three years now. It's perfect, perfect time is for him to go in with Randy Moss. Yeah, yeah. That's if they don't screw Randy, Randy Moss. Randy and that's a problem. Suppose they screw Randy Moss. But, I mean, this is Randy Moss' first time, right? Yeah, but you know what? T.O. should have been a first-timer. Yeah, yeah. Now, here's the thing. You got Randy Moss. Now, Brian Erlacher is not a part of this mix. Brian Erlacher walks in. But you got T.O., Randy Moss, both supposedly uh, trouble sometimes to their teams. But this is also the class of Ray Lewis. Ray Lewis is at a whole nother thing when it comes to trouble. Yeah. Plus, um, I've seen something that, we, I mean, I know Ray not Ray Lewis, Moss said, all right, T.O. and Moss are, are, are too different for me because at least T.O. never said he gave up on players. Randy Moss basically said he didn't give his all on certain plays. If he knew and he still was dominated. the ball. Yeah. But he still dominated. Now, Ray Lewis is going to go, I mean, he's going to get uh, probably be unanimous. No, there'll be like four fucking reporters who will hold some shit against him and, and, and won't put him in. Yeah. But Ray Lewis is going in the Hall of Fame. I think Brian Erlacher is going in the Hall of Fame. This is what I got going in. I don't know if they take four or five, but I got Ray Lewis, Randy Moss, Terrell Owens, Brian Erlacher, and Brian Dawkins. That's my class this year. Oh, okay. Yeah, that sounds pretty right. Yeah. I don't I maybe, a, maybe they should change it and don't have the – it's the reporters and stuff that vote, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's just like the Heisman. They, these reporters get the right uh, – I, I, I think that there should be a board of directors from the NFL who actually uh, let these guys in. And yeah, don't why not have to, someone in the NFL elect instead of using the media? Well, that's true. But you know how you know how Hall of Fames are, man. They, they're still uh, subjective to – I mean, because suppose I was a reporter and – say I'm, I'm a reporter for the Daily News, and every time I interviewed Terrell, he acted like an ass. So I hold – this is my chance to, to get at him. Yeah. I have no power in his life, so this is where I, I inflict power. Like – we we're gonna talk about a Hall of Fame next that we both into. So the Dudley Boys and Goldberg are the first two inductees into the WWE Hall of Fame. Yeah. 
Uh, Dudley Boys, I guess they've been around forever. I guess go. I, see, I'm I'm biased against Goldberg. I mean, I, but he he was a big ahead. name. But I mean, for WCW, his storyline was for him not to lose. So I don't know. Like I can't remember how many big names Goldberg beat. Remember when he first uh, came. In, he fought like a hundred jobbers. Yeah, matter of fact, at the end of a dinosaur, I think. Jabba's barely, Jabba's barely even exists anymore. Yeah, Jabba's, yeah. He, he fought like 100 Brooklyn Brawlers. You don't have Brooklyn Brawlers anymore. Yeah. And matter of fact, I think he might have ended uh, Bret Hart. Bret Hart's career with the uh, the neck. And then yeah. after that, I think Bret had a stroke. Yeah. Now, now w, this is my issue with the WWE. In the Hall of Fame. Do I watch the show every year? Fucking A, I watch the show every year. Yeah. I enjoy it. Sometimes it's better than others. It depends on who gets elected. Yep. The WWE is a multi-hundreds-of-million-dollar corporation. They need to buy a building. I don't give a fuck if it's a brownstone in Harlem. And turn it into a physical money-making, visitable Hall of Fame. Yeah. Do you yeah, know the this, line? They have this big warehouse WWE has. So I'm like, okay, if Stanford is your home, I mean, you really don't want it in Stanford because not too many people out there. But if that's where your home office is, then, okay, make a branch of the home office, the uh, the wing. Or you had a restaurant in New York, do it in New York again. Do you know that this place would pay for itself? It would be a must-visit location. Yep. Put it this way. The same year that you open the physical Hall of Fame, whatever city that's going to be in, be the city of your WrestleMania. You couldn't stop the lines of people. You couldn't even... I mean, you would need to open a place 24 hours that first weekend. People would flip out just to touch some wrestlers' stinking boots. Yep. <laughs> I mean, so I don't understand why Vince has not decided to make because every other Hall of Fame has a physical building. People, Ned, you you're into uh, fantasy football, yep. fantasy basketball, right? Which is nothing but stats. People love stats. We are a nation that enjoys stats. Looking at stats, watching stats. Going over, put it this way, Super Bowls this weekend, people know more about the players on Philadelphia Eagles and the New England Patriots than they know about black history, and they're black. Because we will study anything pop culture. Mm -hmm. But, you know, matter of fact, it's Black History Month, people, Uh, you know, Nice short February. Even though I think that Black History Month starts January 1st and it it ends December 31st. So it's all year round. There's no off season. Until you think you know it all and you still won't know it all, keep learning. Learn about your people and, and, and your culture first. Now, Matt, who do you have Sunday? I'm going to go with the Eagles, man. I would like to see another team win it, man. 
I, my heart, this is a two-parter. My heart says Pats, even though I'm not, they're not, I don't have a pony in this race. I really don't. Yeah. My head says somewhere or another the Eagles are going to win this game. They've been playing great but, football lately, too. But do I want to see Bilicek and Brady do something that people might have to chase and never catch in my lifetime? Yes. Yeah. Because six Super Bowls is something that nobody in my lifetime, I mean, I'm not going to give a fuck about football when I'm 86. So, you know, I, I want to see how that works out. But something about this Eagle team. But here's my problem. There are no worse people on the planet, man. And this is hard for me to say being a such a New Yorker. I always thought that people from Boston were the worst. Nobody touched the people from Philadelphia. Matter of fact, I'm scared for Philadelphia. I think that the town would literally burn like like a, a, a the walking dead or something. I mean, they would need to stay troopers out in Philadelphia if they won the Super Bowl Sunday night. Yeah. You know, we already had idiots running into a, one of the funniest videos ever only because the guy lived. You seen the video of the guy in the subway and he runs right into, like, the uh, the pole in the subway? You ever seen that? No. You got to look that up online. Just put in – when they won the NFC – Championship. They're down in the in the in the in the uh, train, and the guy's running to catch the train, and he runs right into one of the plots. You know the metal uh, beams. Yeah. It's the funniest thing, but and it's only funny because you see if you watch the video, he gets up. Because other than that, it looks like he dies. And then on, on top of it, Philadelphia had to use Vaseline. Do you know that they Vaselined all the poles in Philadelphia? Yeah. I'm going to look that up. And people still climbed the poles. Now they're going to have to use baby oil. Baby oil is even better. That shit's even slipperier. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing is slipperier than baby oil, yeah. man. Shit. So. <laughs> you see this idiot? Now, he's only one of, like, a gazillion Philadelphians. They will burn that town to the ground. Yeah. <laughs> I have some people from here that's going to the Super Bowl. I was like, y'all lucky. That's a once-in-a-lifetime oh. thing. I have never been to a Super Bowl. Would I want to go to a Super Bowl? I would like to experience the festivities of a Super Bowl, but having went to, I don't know, something like 20 pro NFL games yeah. in my life, football is not the same as it is in your living room. One, you don't have the replays, you don't have the announcers, you don't have the bathroom. No, I don't, I don't. football it seems to be a lot faster live. I'm saying the game. Those plays only be like 10, 13 seconds. They are very fast. Those plays are fast. If you yeah. really think about it, quarterback, he goes back, he drives back five seconds, he throws the ball, the guy runs for three, four seconds, play over. <laughs> then you got to wait. 
Then you got to wait 45 seconds for the next play. So uh, some way or another on TV, it doesn't relate. It's, it's not it's, – the game is not the same. Now, I, I've never been in Minneapolis, but I am jealous of the people that are at the Super Bowl because of the Mall of America. Yeah, but God damn, it's going to be cold. Yeah, but you, you, you hear about this Mall of America? It's a city. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know. I would like to visit it, but not in the winter. But here's the thing. You don't have to leave the Mall of America. Fuck Minneapolis. What are you going to do in Minneapolis? Go see Prince's uh, old home? Uh, <laughs> Listen, there's an amusement park in the mall. There's got to be 40, 50 restaurants. There's movie theaters in the mall. You could literally go straight from the airport to the mall. Yeah. There's a shuttle that takes you from the air. So you... People can go to Minneapolis and never leave the mall. All right. There's two hotels. I think there's three hotels in the mall. They, they, they my, my friend said that once the eagle, once the last, uh, the championship game was over, the flights went up to like sixteen hundred. She said she bought the oh, tickets right. before the before the game, and it was eight hundred. And immediately after the game, it shot up to fifteen, sixteen. Yeah, well, you know what? Uh, that's too bad for them because something's going on, but. All the rest of the airlines right now are dead. Flight from New York, $73. $73. North yep. Carolina to New York, 70 Can you believe that? $73 yesterday. Yep. I was looking. I was going to fly to Maryland this weekend, and I was like, but was, I don't know. I was like, why from Boston to Maryland is $70? But from New York to Maryland, they wanted almost $200. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Because hmm. my wife brought up... She brought up the great idea, you know, I guess it's like uh, like heroin addicts when it comes to this shit. Uh, you ready to start thinking about Vegas? And I, said, oh, man. <laughs> and I said, you know what? Maybe I, I, I can get some free rooms. Well, I can get at least two nights free rooms. And I'm saying to myself, you know what? I think the airfare is down. Maybe I hop on it right now, and I could actually book something for, like, May, April or May. Yeah. And I'm like, that's perfect, because I'm not even really thinking about it. But she brought it up, and it's like, you know what? Sounds good to me. So y'all do Vegas every year? Sometimes multiple times. Okay. But I could say the only time that I really remember skipping was 20... 12, right after 9-11, because we came home right before 9-11. Okay. I, uh, 9-11 happened naturally in September. We got back in August. I mean, like, right before 9-11. And I skipped the next year. And I might have skipped to 13. So in the last 22 years, I missed two years. But I've had years when I've been there three times in one calendar year. No, so do you ever like, think about buying like a vacation home out there or something? No. Okay. I mean, we've had we've had offers from day one, but it's it's a you know what it's a bill I just don't need. Okay. I mean, first of all, now uh, what am I doing with this thing? The other fifty one. No, no, because I know well, some people buy like vacation homes, but then they rent them out. Yeah, and see, I could have did that, or I could have did a timeshare. With my germophobia, I could never stay in a timeshare. It's hard enough for me to stay in a hotel room. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's it, it took all these years for my wife to get used to me cleaning the room myself. Oh. Matter of fact, I'm not even lying. 
the last time that I was in Vegas, I left the room so clean, the maid left me a note. <laughs> she le- I, matter of fact, I'm going to post it with this video to show you I'm not lying. I got a thank you from the maid for the immaculate room. And <laughs> on top of it, I still tipped her for cleaning the room. Oh, that's nice. Okay. I tip every day. I have a set every See, day. That's the thing. I don't. I, some people say you should tip every day. See, because I used to tip at the end, but then I realized you don't get the same maid every day. No, every single day. There's just one day I don't tip. I'm not gonna lie. I don't want to sound like a liar. Say I stay in the hotel six days. Yeah. I tip the. I'm not tipping the. the I tip the first morning I wake up. The next morning, next morning, next morning. I don't tip the last morning. You know why? Because you're not cleaning it for me. Yeah, you're, not you're cleaning it for the hotel. Yeah. And see, that's when people would usually leave their money. But if I stayed six days, I done tipped. I done already tipped five. But because you don't know, and the only way, see, now a lot of times in Vegas, those young ladies leave their names on the card. Oh, this is Andrea. And okay. I'll be cleaning your room. So you see it's Andrea every day. Okay. And and there's, there's never been a time that I haven't stayed in a hotel lately where I've actually haven't spoke to the hotel staff. Like, because I'll go like this. You don't need to clean my room, but let me get some towels. Yeah. Because here's the thing that I don't know why people do. They're so fucking phony. People are so fucking phony, and it kills me. You don't change your sheets Every day at home. And yeah. anybody who says that is a liar. I'm calling you out straight up. You are a liar. You do not change your sheet because you know if you change your sheets every day, how much fucking laundry you be doing? Exactly. That's 365 days a year. You uh, you need sheet. Either you got 365 sheets or 30 sheets for a month. <laughs> <laughs> right, and you know how much that costs? And, you know, my wife, I, I, I learned a long time ago. I can almost do anything I want, but there's one thing about men being a man that you should not do. Don't change the sheets. <laughs> don't ever change the bedding. Don't take a day off work and she comes home and sees different sheets. You you could have the most pleasant woman in the world, but she wants an explanation. Oh, why yeah. you can clean up? Net, I used to clean like a motherfucker. Say my wife goes to work, I'm home. I I love cleaning, so I will clean the whole house. But it stops at the bed. That's the one thing I can't do. I can change the towels, but don't change the sheet. It's almost like you had someone in it, even though she knows it's not me. But women don't want to see. Like, this male responsibility, this female responsibility. Females take that shit on them. They are the sheet protectors. The bedding is on them. It's not on us. Oh, okay. Yeah. Don't yeah, I don't change the sheet. Because I don't want no one thinking I brought somebody else in the house. Exactly. So you <laughs> leave the bedding. Let the young lady have that. Hey, wait, in 13 you know, years, you never change the sheets, and all of a sudden, you want to change the sheets? That's right. Think about it. I've done it once in over 22 years. And that one time, my wife was like, don't do that again. Don't do it again. It's just like, she don't want to, she, your woman loves you to death, but she don't want to come home and see that you changed the curtains. <laughs> like, there's certain things that's for her. Yeah. Or, as, or as my wife would say, 
that's not for you, baby. Leave that shit alone. <laughs> you know, like when we go, when we go uh, bedding shopping, she'll say, how do you like that pad? And I always say the same thing. If you like it, it's great. <laughs> you know, what the, what the fuck I care? It's clean. It's going to be on there. I, we got too many of them to begin with, but I can't stop you from buying more. So, yeah. Sorry, babe. I peed yeah. in bed last night, so I changed the sheets. Yeah, but you know what? I was in bed with you, and I don't remember any of this. And let me see those pissy sheets. Because now all you're going to do, all you're going to do is make that woman go to that hamper. See, now you now you might as well just give her the keys if you change the sheets and you, wash them. Oh, yeah, change and wash them, yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you change and wash, you might as well just hand over your keys. <laughs> and the only thing you wash is the sheets. <laughs> You know, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. The rest, the hamper is full of other dirty shit. But some way or another, you magically wash the sheets. I just had a roommate once, and I did that to him. I, he had a bigger bed, and I, a chick came over, and he and he had told me, and this is a huge violation on my part, man. We live together. We we're peaceful. Everything is love. But don't ever fuck nobody in my bed. Oh, okay, nah, man, I would never do anything like that. And sure enough, I was like, you know what? This fucking guy's out of town for two days. He got a better room than me. He had the bigger room, the bigger bed. And sure enough, he came home. He's like, why did you change my sheets? <laughs> and I was like, you know, I was just cleaning the house. So I figured, he's like, no, man, you, you violated. And you know what I thought about it? I said, this is, this is a horrible thing, Doc. You can't do things like this in life. This is not who you are. But I, I did. And, and then on top of it, I made it seem like that was my room. So the next time she came over to see me, we had to go to my room. She was like, why is your buddy in your bedroom? I was like, oh, it's a long story. She's like, oh, you're a bullshit artist. I was like, yeah, he had a better room. He had a better TV. He had all the better stuff. I just moved in. <laughs> you know? Oh man. Yeah. You you uh you watching any uh you watch thirty for thirty yet? Uh the Bears, was that the new one? No, the Bills, the two Bills. Oh the Bills, the Parcells Bills. No, no. And, um, yeah, yeah, I, I saw it. I taped it. I didn't watch it yet though. It's a must see. Man, it's like like I was telling the people, instead of sitting around watching seven hours of that crap uh Sunday afternoon. You could watch that then. Oh yeah, true. I watched, I watched the uh, WWE from Sensational, or uh, NXT from Sensational to Secret to Sensational. Yeah. And uh, I didn't know a lot about these people in NXT. I yeah, knew a lot of the names. Them. Yeah. And it was uh, I say that's an I'll give a thumbs up to that DVD. It's uh, an enjoyable DVD. It's not very long. It it doesn't hop on anybody for a long period of time. Yeah, I have it. Uh, I, I just got to watch it. I, I suppose it's actually taking my daughter to go see uh, Emma tonight. Well, what is Emma doing? Emma. Uh, She's a independent? Movie. Say that again? She's independent? Um, she's, yeah, she just had 90-day complete, complete clause just... Um, Ended so she's doing signings in New York and for actually for the rest of this month and around the area. So it was like thirty dollars. I was like, I ain't doing that. I can't beat that. Thirty dollars sign. Okay. When they was with WWE, uh, it cost like ninety. 
Does that get you a picture or just a, a signature? Uh, picture, autograph, uh, two pictures and autograph. Not bad, not bad. Yeah. Something for her to put up on her little wall. But I, I, I didn't get through to all of um, Raw, and I didn't get through. I didn't watch any of SmackDown. You ain't but I did nothing. watch. Oh wait, I, I would say watch, watch the Sasha Oscar match. I guess that was probably the best part of Raw. Oh yeah, well I seen uh, Sasha try to kill herself. Yeah. See Sasha damn near kill herself. Yeah. And uh, that was a, a horrible moment. Uh, but I will say one thing. The WWE, and I, I hop on this, it seems like since it started, and I know it's boring, but the Mixed Wrestling Challenge might be one of the best inventions that they came up with in 20 years. Oh, yeah, that Ronnie match was pretty good. That was pretty funny. You know what? That's the whole thing that makes it so good. It's the fun of it all. To see Braun Strowman not be just the beast Braun. I mean, think about it. He's taking, I don't know if you've seen this clip. He's taking Alessa Bliss outside and trying to get her to flip a car over. Yeah, that's what I mean. Alexa Bliss is the size of a water jug. (laughs) And she's looking at him in this T-shirt that's obviously his T-shirt because it's like a skirt. Yeah. And and she gives it an attempt, and he's like, "Oh man, what do you mean?" And then he he had the nerve to tell her, "It's not like it's a truck or an ambulance." Yeah. <laughs> like like there's any like in, see in his world, in his world, trucks and ambulances he can tip over. Yeah. He's killing a five foot, four foot eleven, five foot a hundred and twenty pound woman. Go flip the Toyota. You can do it. <laughs> You know, and so that's stuff like that is hilarious. Yeah, it's, it's, they gave a playful interview after the match, too. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, and then they have, oh, and Coach is back. Yeah. Good to have Coach back, I guess, uh, coming from ESPN, I guess. Yeah. And you know what? If, as long as somebody bothers Coach, Coach is fun. When I think about the old moments with The Rock and Coach, I used to crack up, especially since he would have Coach dancing for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> he would, even though Coach was bullied by The Rock. Yeah. I mean, I don't, it, it would be inappropriate in today's society. The Rock constantly bullied Coach. You know what's funny? The the black commentator always get is the bully. He always get bullied because they were doing the same thing to the other guy, uh, Saxon. Oh, really? Like, uh, Corey Graves, I felt like Corey Graves was bullying Saxton all the time. But you know what? Saxton seems to be the Carlton-type brother, so <laughs> those those guys always get a little bit of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I got uh, I got, I got some TV to catch up on. I got to catch up on Black Lightning. The Shy was good this week. Oh, Black Lightning was actually good this week. The Shy, I still got to watch. I, I'm now like five episodes behind. Well, The Shy is doing something to me, man, that I'm really pissed off. You know how a show brings in a character, and four episodes later, you still don't know who the fuck this guy is or what oh, he's yeah. about? Yeah. They got one of those characters. You don't know if this guy's a gangster. You don't know if he's a killer. You don't know if he's the boss of all boys. He's just there. 
right. <laughs> and you go, why is he there? And why is people scared? And some people act like they. And the shy has one problem. The shy is trying a lot to be the wire. It's not the wire. Yeah, they got to stay away from that. Yeah, but it's like the same kind of. Um, you could feel like the same cadence of the wire with the kids in school and. And and it's a lot happening, but I mean, I'm not putting any thumbs down on the shy because I, I'm I'm definitely caught in it. I really do like that uh, assassination of Giovanni. Yeah, I heard that's really good. I haven't watched that yet. Yeah, that that's good, and I like the first episode of Waco. So I mean, I I, got, I mean, Happy went off yesterday, and boy, Happy's a mother effer. Yeah. That, <laughs> I don't even know how to describe Happy. If somebody hasn't seen Happy, it's it's ins- it's like watching a acid trip TV show. Yeah, I told I was trying to explain it here. They was like, "What was it about?" I said, "It's about a girl who has a best friend, imaginary best friend, but then she gets kidnapped, and the imaginary best friend comes to the cop to help him find her." And they was like, "What?" Yeah, watching and- that, I was like, "I'm not doing it justice. Just watch it." And the cop happens to be her father. Yes. And he constantly is getting something broken, throwing up, getting high, or doing something. He's a mess. <laughs> uh, Chris Maloney got the. I mean, this is. He's got to be having so much fun just playing this guy's sax. Yeah. Because there's no rules. He's got the worst fucking hairdo. He's got like a big ball spot with a lot of side hair. And I swear, I can smell that coat every time that I watch the show. I can smell him through my TV. He just looks like he's, I mean, feet, ass, and alcohol. Yeah. It's funny because Chris Maloney always had good roles, from Oz to SVU to um, that's John Legend slave show to this show. He's always like, he, he picks his roles very well. Matter of fact, you just brought up SVU. I thought they had an outstanding episode yesterday. Oh, yeah, this week. This episode was awesome. Back to the original stuff. Yes, yes. Back to law and then the court. And I love the court part because the woman, the woman is actually, it took me a second to realize who she was. She's the chick from Better Call Sal. Oh, okay. And, uh, but she is... She's that Fox News reporter yeah. that you don't like. Yeah, she's like the Ann Coulter. On. I call the, like the Ann Coulter of the world. Yeah. Imagine if it, oh, oh, what's that one, Tori or Terry, whatever her name is, the young blonde one? Oh, um, because, um, Lauren, Tommy Lauren. Yeah, Tony Lauren. Imagine it's Tony Lauren, and she got into a situation like that, but she stays Tony Lauren the whole time. Yes. Yeah. And and you could tell that Barbara was stuck in in the middle. Do I really do anything to to go out of my way to help this woman? Yeah. Or do I seek justice? Then he so, it was hard to know who did it. I thought they well, played that know, up really well. And that's what I was telling my wife. I said, if you get cracked in the back of your head and you go out, how the fuck do you know what happens in front of you? Yeah. And I was wondering, how the hell did she get DNA when she got hit in the back of her head? What, did he reach behind you and scratch? Yeah. <laughs> so it, it it was kind of a bizarre story to be like that, that aspect of it. But I would say one of the better ones. 
SVU has been outstanding when they stick to the topic of law and order. But I do wish, because mm. other shows that deal with stuff like that, they have, there's always like one part of it that's a continuing storyline between episodes. Even on SWAT, there's a continuing storyline between each episode. I, I hate when they have shows where they just deal with a crime this week and a crime next week, but there's no oh, continuity. Yeah, or what they call episodic. Yeah, yeah. See, you, you know what? We grew up on non-episodic. Think about a comedy when you were a kid. Next week, that storyline didn't even exist anymore. Yep. One, of the, one of the first comedies to actually keep a episodic storyline and it gets no credit for it was Martin. Because if Martin was having a problem with Gina last week, he still had a problem with Gina this week. Yeah, and I just read that Martin might be coming back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it'll be a totally different show without Baldy. Oh, I forgot he died. Yeah, I totally forgot Tommy's about that. Tommy's no longer with us, so. Yeah, totally forgot but about you that. Know, I mean, they, that's what they're doing. They, they, Roseanne's coming back. They're bringing all these old shows back. Yeah, there's, there's, there's a way to pull it off. And you know what? I think he's a, a very funny man. You know what? Uh, he just needs to keep his tongue to himself. Yeah, I think yeah, that's why he, Gina left the first time around. Yeah, and that was that was uh that was a bizarre situation. Uh because they, they and think about it, they had to explain that she was like here, there, nowhere. Yeah. Is either you how uh, you probably never watched it, but uh Family Matters when they they had five kids no wait, three kids and the little girl went upstairs and she never came back down for like seven seasons. And they never looked uh, at her again. The little dark skinned daughter? Yeah. <laughs> No, see, I didn't, that wasn't like, that wasn't really in my wheelhouse. Yeah. See, put it this way, I, I was a fairly decent age young black male when TGI, that was TGIF? Yeah, yeah. I didn't watch anything on TGIF. That was those two little twins. Yep. That was Urkel. I, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say, have I not ever seen some family matter? Yeah, and unfortunately, I seen the family matter where Urkel thought he was a cool guy, oh, and I wasn't on. buying into that. <laughs> but it's just I mean, weird. I, I was watching these shows, and I watched it with the Cosby show uh, when I started watching that a couple of weeks ago. They had four kids in the beginning, and then the next season they had five. Yeah. I was like, I guess only comedies could get away with that. Same thing with Fresh Prince. You had a dark-skinned mother, and then the next day she was light-skinned. Yeah. <laughs> comedies, you could do stuff like that. You know, they flipped the strip. Now, I know you don't like the show and you bailed on it, but I'm still into 911. Well, not yet. I'm, I got one. Uh, this week's episode, I'm going to watch this because everyone kept saying, well, watch this week's. It was really good. Uh, so I'm going to watch this week's and, and see what it's about. Because I heard it's not like the earlier episodes. Uh, listen, this week's episode is, um, as far as like everything else goes, it, it might be basic. But the story that this guy tells, I guarantee you've never heard it on network. You've never heard it on free television before. Uh, ever heard this conversation on free television. And I don't even know where they go 
down the line after he reveals what he reveals. It's insanity. Yeah, I haven't saved on my cell phone, so it's actually up next to watch. I I, I agree with whoever told you to watch it. Watch it. It's, you're going to go, whoa, what the hell? I just couldn't deal I with mean, that, that firefighter sleeping with everybody. I was like, come on, this is not real, man. Even his psychiatrist. Well, you know what? He is where he is with that. The man is a sex fiend. I don't see it, but the women all seem to can't resist him. I'm like, what is that? That birthmark is like a unicorn horn? What's going on? Yeah, well, you know what? All the women seem like they want him. <laughs> and at first, my wife found he was attractive, and then I had to be a regular guy, and I had to tell her, like, baby, look at his fucking skin. And then she's like, oh, shit, he's not as handsome as I thought he was. You know, you always got to do some stuff like that to the woman. You know, to bring him back down to earth. Oh, he's not that good. Yeah, you know what? Young Denzel was all right. Old Denzel just looks like any dude. <laughs> Look like an uncle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not. He's not the same. You know, after about uh, after uh, uh, his last uh, looking movie was uh, Frank Luke. Matter of fact, thank you. I watched. This will be the last thing before we get out of here. I watched first episode of Drug, not first episode, but I watched the Frank Lucas episode of Drug Lords. Okay, yeah. And he made me think of you when he said, I'm not a rat. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The first thing that popped in my head was, I didn't even hear Frank. I heard you say, he said he's not a, I was like, this motherfucker was serving 70 years, he did five. (laughs) He said, well, he got his one in the field. I don't give a... He's lying like a mother effer. I'm like, this old man is just going to take that shit to his grave. And he's like, you know what? You can't... And then he had the nerve to say, well, I'm still out here. That proves I ain't a rat. Everybody no. else is dead or locked up. Yeah, they're dead. And, they, and, and how many points do they get come and get your blind, down there blind in a wheelchair ass? Yeah. I mean, what, what kind of points do you get for that? Yeah. Hey, man... I killed Frank Lucas. He was 172 years old. Yeah, he looked like he's dead. He looked like a mummy. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it was weird. I was like, listen, you know, matter of fact, that, that story is so dirty, the Frank Lucas story, yeah. that the same cop who prosecuted him became his attorney. Yeah. That, that means that money was going underneath tables, even though that, that Z-Squad was talking about how righteous they are. Yeah. There was some shit. Man, he was paying off people. You know what the guy said? He was making a million a day or a million yeah. a month? Yeah, that was, that was insane. Yeah. Well, Ned, man, I appreciate you joining me in, brother. No doubt, man. It's, um, I appreciate allowing me to call in. All right, man, this line is always open to you, always, without a doubt. Thanks. Okay, man, you have a great weekend. And you, Oh, are you going to a party? What are you doing for the Super Bowl? No plans yet. We're still trying to figure it out. No plans yet.